Good morning. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this gathered community that we call Kensington Unitarians. Today's service will be followed as usual by tea and coffee and then by our congregation's annual general meeting at 12.30. Don't get too excited, all of you, and no running towards the door. This is an opportunity to reflect on where our community is at the moment, to celebrate the work of the past year and to seek guidance for our next steps. Such a process of self-reflection of discernment. I think it's worthwhile, isn't it, in any area of life. So perhaps in today's service you too will be considering all we say and do in the light of your own life, perhaps finding messages that are particularly relevant to you right now. For this is purposefully created as a time in which we can be ourselves. I hope you feel accepted just as you are. Whoever you are, however you're feeling this day, there is a place for everyone here this day. David Rankin writes, So let me tell you of a lesson that I have learned in ministry. I have learned that the most important item in the religious community is the people in the religious community. And I have learned that the real church can be defined as our most intimate relationships, how we smile and trust each other, how we talk and touch each other, how we share and protect each other, how we welcome new friends and forgive old enemies, how we love each other, in all the myriad ways that love can be expressed. That is church. <clears throat> and so I light our chalice this morning, this worldwide symbol of our liberal faith that by its light may we be inspired to use the resources of this community for the greater good of all. And it's leading us now into a time of reflection and prayer, focusing on this idea of communities. So I call on that divine spirit of, of life and of love to bless the communities of the world, that they might be places where people flourish and grow. Places where people feel safe enough to take risks. <coughs> Let us pray for all human organizations, for their members and their leaders, that they might use their powers wisely and their resources fairly. May our communities be open in their structures and so be open in the welcome they give to the great diversity that humanity is. May no one feel 
excluded in life. May our communities be willing to change, yet understanding and honouring all that has gone before. And in a few moments of shared silence now, I invite you to think of the groups and the communities that are important in your lives. Your neighbours, friends or families, your interest groups, your church, places of work, connections you make perhaps online or through the post. In the silence, you might wish to think of these connections with gratitude. Or perhaps you'll find ways that you want to strengthen the threads that connect you with others. Let's in this moment honour all communities who are struggling or who are living in fear this day. We think of the residents of Grunfeld Tower, our neighbours, other people who've been moved out of other tower blocks amid safety concerns. We think of the people of Yemen in the midst of a terrible cholera outbreak. <coughs> in the midst of heart-rending poverty. And let us commit ourselves this day to doing all we can to help those who are struggling. Amen. I don't know if you, if you like ticking things in lists. It's one of my strange pleasures. Sometimes I make lists just so that I can tick them off, as I do or don't do them. And this list really appealed to me. I saw it years ago um, in a poster. Uh, and it has been adapted a bit. It came originally from the Syracuse Cultural Workers, and it was their idea of how to build community. And even as I was typing it up last night, I was thinking, gosh, we're already doing a lot of these things. I wonder if any of them call to you as your next step. So if you want to follow on this sheet, please do. Turn off the TV. Get out more. Know your neighbours. Greet people. Look up when you're walking and remove headphones. Sit on your front wall or doorstep. Plant flowers. Use your library. Join a group or play games with others. Buy from small local shops. Share what you have, including tools. Hear the stories of elders and children. 
support neighbourhood schools. Give even a little to a charity collection when you can. Fix it, even if you didn't break it. Pick up litter. Host potluck meals. Talk to the postie. Listen to the birds, notice where they nest and feed. Ask questions gently. Pay someone a compliment. Organise a street party or a book group. Bake extra and share. Ask for help when you need it. Open your curtains and windows. Sing with others. Share your skills. Listen carefully. Learn people's names. Be slow to take offence. Seek to understand better. Learn from new and uncomfortable angles. Know that no one is silent, though many are not heard. Work to change this. Our, our theme for all our services in June has been courage and resilience. As we um, prepare for a time of stillness now, you might want to put down anything you don't want to hold on to. Maybe a hymn book or a nagging thought. Or maybe find something comfortable that you do want to hold on to. Perhaps take a restful breath. We'll have a few words to lead us into this meditative time. And then we're going to hear some lovely music from our choir. That will be followed without introduction by a few minutes of stillness and quiet. And that ends with a chime from our bell. So in this still time, perhaps with our eyes closed or focusing on our candles or just softening our gaze, as always aware of the busyness of the streets outside and of the noises in this room, but able to focus inwards for a while. And I invite you, if you wish, to think about these words of healing and encouragement. And I wonder where in life you find healing and encouragement. I wonder who or what comes to mind. Perhaps you're the one who's doing the healing and encouraging more often in life. I wonder if you're aware of issues for which you need some additional support. And I wonder how we might create this church community as such a place of healing, as such a place of encouragement.
I wonder, I wonder what resilience means to you. Um, it's an old word, but it's taken on a new life in recent years. You'll find it used in schools, in mental health provision, in social studies and the like. Put simply, it's a word used to describe our ability to overcome adversity, to deal with setbacks, to keep moving forwards rather than giving up. A teacher friend I spoke to this week described how useful this teaching, this concept is in teaching maths to primary school children. And this rang a bell with me because I gave up very easily in maths lessons. I was the one who used to look the answers up in the back of the book and then I'd try and make it look like I discovered the answer from my own brain power rather than cheating. A clear lack of resilience in the maths classroom. In the field of mental health, you may find resilience described as the choosing of activities that promote well-being, the building of what's called social capital, the forming of connections and relationships, and the developing of psychological coping skills. Today, as we hold our annual general meeting here at Essex Church, I'm asking the question, what qualities do spiritually resilient communities need in turbulent times? How do we build and rebuild such communities? I'll argue that a healthy community defines itself clearly, but not rigidly. In a busy, moving world, we know, don't we? People come and go. Resilient groups manage this pace. They form themselves around a solid core and they allow fluidity to enhance the community rather than weaken it. Here at Essex Church, I really value the connections that some of us have with a wider community. People going on holiday and visiting other congregations. People attending um, national events like our Fuse Festival of Unitarianism in the Southeast. Our General Assembly annual meetings each Easter and our summer school and wider international communities. And of course, Congregation members here have connections beyond Unitarian groups and all of these connections really help to nourish and develop us and then our work in the world. We have Charles Darwin to thank for all his many studies that led to his theory of evolution published back in 1859 as On the Origin of Species, because it was Darwin who showed us that the most successful species are the ones that adapt to changing environments. And it is human adaptability that has led us to where we are now in our world community, both for good and for ill. Some of us wonder, don't we, if our status as the dominant species here on planet Earth will lead to our destruction and we hope we'll see sense in time. Resilient communities adapt to changing circumstances. In this month's newsletter, available in print and online, there's an interesting article about our church building and about this congregation. Howard Haig explains how this congregation moved from Essex Street, this is where the name comes from, which is opposite the law courts in the Strand, and they moved when the population in central London dwindled. And then they moved out here to leafy Kensington and quickly raised the money to build a magnificent Victorian church here on this site. But by the 1960s, they were struggling to maintain that building 
And so eventually they built this building in which we now meet. And I do believe that it is only Harold in this room this day, am I right, who can tell us what the old building was like. Did anybody else ever see that old building? It's Barbara and Joe. There are three people in this room at this moment who can tell us about the old building. It was, uh, it was dark, gloomy, cold. So Barbara, I'm not sure if you will have caught that. The old building, dark, gloomy, cold. Say something nice about it. Were you married in it? No, stay where you are. But tell me something nice about the old building. You know I can't hear I know. The old building. Something nice about the old building. Oh, it was beautiful too. The windows and everything in the old church was so beautiful that I can't recognize this church at all, with no windows, no <laughs> it was beautiful. Lots of people have said I that. Still enjoy the religion. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Yes. Yes, our the stained glass windows still exist. Yeah. There are some at Hampstead. Yeah, yes, they are in Hampstead. Yeah. Oh, and in Lincoln. Yeah, and yeah. Lincoln. But they were beautiful. They yeah. were beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So buildings. Buildings are important. But we know, buildings don't we? Are <laughs> but people are more important. And the quality of people's relationships with one another is a significant factor in a community's resilience. Can we accept and embrace differences? Do we all have to think alike? How do we work through disagreements? Are people really encouraged to express their needs? Do we encourage a healthy sense of individuality within the collective? It's sometimes called differentiation, the ability to be part of a group and yet not lose one's sense of self, but also not need to guard it so fiercely because we fear its destruction. These are complex issues. And current affairs and world history remind us how easy it is for strong communities to become dangerous communities, for fixed ideologies to dominate and for people to become easily led into hatred and repression. <coughs> A resilient community adapts to changing circumstances. In the late 19th century, this congregation served a diverse range of people, but it had more than its fair share of the so-called great and the good. Wealthy people brought here by chauffeurs, people who could help, for a new, help pay for a new church building, or at the very least for a beautiful new stained glass window. 
I notice that you all gave your chauffeurs the day off today. That's very generous of you. If any of you can fund stained glass windows, I'll be very grateful to receive the cheques. A resilient community has clarity of intent. It knows what it's supposed to be doing, but it's also open to the unexpected and the new. And it's aware that all human endeavours follow surprisingly organic life cycles of emergence, of growth, and development of stasis, a steady phase of consolidation, then decline and decay. Such cycles can be worked with, they can be guided, but they're best not ignored. Nothing stays the same. And many of us are asking, what does church need to be in the 21st century? A resilient community understands the environment it inhabits. Here at Essex Church, we are affected by the transience of London's population, by the impossibility of ordinary people being able to afford to live anywhere near here for any length of time. The recent media spotlight shone on Kensington because of the shocking fire that destroyed the Grenfell Tower block and killed so many residents. The media have told us what many of us already knew, that we live in an area with one of the highest gaps between rich and poor in the whole country. People with nothing live very close to people who have everything. If you live in Kensington and have money, your life expectancy is higher than almost any other area of the country. But long life and economic comfort can also lead to aloneness. 47% of households in this borough are single occupancy. Creating healthy communities can be good for us. It can also be good for other people. I like to think that the act of running a community is a gift to other people. Because when we open our doors here at Essex Church, when we welcome others in, we're creating a place for deepening connections for spiritual exploration through relating with others. We're sharing our stories, we're sharing our joys and our sorrows. We heard that daft story earlier on about the uh, shopkeeper who sells the hapless consumer a parrot and 101 toys for it to play with, but fails to mention the bird seed needed to keep it alive. It's a ridiculous story, but you can use it to shine a spotlight on our current economic systems that require us to buy more and more useless objects, yet fail often to nourish us at a deep level. An economic system built on growth is a suicidal path for humanity, living on a planet with finite resources. And it's a deeply cruel economic system with its tendency to create haves and have-nots, with its need to take resources from poor parts of the world and use them to make life ever more comfy, comfy for the rich. Every Sunday morning I do a scan of the news and just to see what has been happening. And three stories caught my eye this morning. A tanker that had crashed in Pakistan and hundreds of people ran towards it to collect the fuel because they are so desperate and then the whole thing blew up and injured and killed many people. The cholera outbreak in Yemen is a, a disgrace to modern society. 
partly caused as it is by warfare, partly fueled by our weapons industry, etc., etc., and with poverty as its underlying cause. And the famine in Somalia, which actually is being dealt with more effectively than it was 10 years ago. But terrible stories that could be resolved. A resilient community can be a beacon. It can shine out a welcome to those in need. It can be a watchtower, spotting dangers, alerting people, recognising what needs to be tackled next. And a resilient community can be a gathering of resources, human, financial, bricks and mortar. These are not to be hoarded, but to be used wisely, used, surely, to improve life for all. Writer Margaret Wheatley, who's done so much work with community building, she writes that there is no greater power than a community discovering what it cares about. Ask what is possible, not what's wrong. It's an interesting question for us to take away from today. What do we collectively care about? What is possible? What can we do about it? And it's in that spirit that I now invite you all, friends and members, as I count you, of our Essex Church community, to speak our shared reading. Uh, the words are on our order of service sheet. It's an expression of our shared commitment to one another. And so it is with pleasure and love that we commit ourselves to this shared ministry. With caring and open hearts, we pledge to join in making our community an inclusive and welcoming place for all people of goodwill. We shall continue to uphold our liberal religious tradition and to encourage the many spiritual seekers who meet in our church building. We trust the power of honest communication, creativity and kindness to heal and to hold us always. Amen. And so, in the week ahead, may the choices we make help to heal our world. May the steps we take strive to make all free and may the words that we speak be words of encouragement and healing for one and for all. Amen. Go well and blessed be.